Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. Glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. As the man said, here is Dr. Ray. Call the show. Hoping to have your company call the show today at uh, 877-573-7825. Ray's a good guy. And if you have a question about something in your life, keep calling, we can uh, hopefully address this with some thoughts, some ideas, give a call, that um, will help you. And if not, be patient on hold. Uh, actually, what I'm doing is, I don't, I don't think you've noticed any of this, but I'm, I'm doing subliminal messages. You probably didn't hear those, because they were too subtle. But there for a long time, this was back in the 80s probably, they talked about subliminal learning. Now the principle behind subliminal learning is that a message, say say a visual one, but in this case it was an auditory one and I'm sure you didn't hear it. The message is influential in getting you to do something. However, your senses pick it up but your awareness doesn't pick it up. So there's this sweet window. This was the theory. There's this sweet window between what your senses can connect with and what your actual awareness connects with. This is why back when there used to be drive-in theaters, remember drive-in theaters, don't you? There was a controversy because they would flash when they would do the different advertisements between either before or between the features, they would flash, visit the, what's, what's that called, the stand? Visit the snack stand. And it was supposedly so fast, so quick, one, one frame of film, that you couldn't perceive it, but your senses picked it up. Okay, this is a similar principle to learning at night when you're asleep, you put in a, well, it used to be a record, now it would be some type of, say, podcast, to teach you another language. And you're asleep. However, your senses are always there. They're always working. So that information would get into your brain, and pretty soon you'd find yourself learning, say, Spanish while you slept. Well, Stephen Wright made a joke about that. He said, uh, I got one of those... Learned Spanish records, and the needle skipped. So now all I can do is stutter in Spanish. <laughs> well, the reality is subliminal messages don't work. If you can't perceive it, you're not going to do it. And that's why I got no calls right now. Those lines are empty right now because I thought with my subliminal advertising here at 
877-573-7825, the number to call to get onto the program, that you would pick that up subliminally, and these lines would be full by now. So apparently I have to stoop to actually saying it. I'm a psychologist, that's what I do for a living, heading to the office this afternoon to do professional stuff. Here on the radio, can't do professional stuff. I can't diagnose, I can't do therapy, I can't in any way intrude upon another therapist's domain if you're seeing a therapist. But, we can educate, give a few thoughts, a few ideas, ponder the implications in any way that uh, might be helpful. 877-57-EQUAL, that is the number. I got an exercise for you. Do a little experiment. I would like you to predict what your child is going to be like at age 18. And if you already have older children, I would like you to predict what they would be like a year from now. Let me narrow it down. I would like you to predict Uh, What particular piece of behavior that might be self-destructive that they would do a year from now? How about a month from now? Can you do that? Now, you can feel pretty confident. I know my kids. I know what they're like. I kind of know how they would choose in a given situation. Could you predict, for example, whether your now 22-year-old would no longer be in church, especially when he was raised in the faith? Can you predict that? Would you know that? Could you have predicted that he was going to move in with his girlfriend after, of course, you taught him about Christian morality and you knew what he believed? Could you have predicted that? And take it a step further. Could you have stopped it? Could you have said, if I go back and I can make different parenting decisions, then I can guarantee that he won't move in with a girl. I can guarantee that he won't stop going to church. Can you do that? You might feel pretty confident in taking a a nice, educated speculation, But, can you determine that for sure? Very, very difficult, despite all your best efforts, your very best efforts, to know exactly how a kid is going to respond, given certain situations, given the evolution of his personality, given the influences that he comes across as he gets older, as he moves into teenhood, young adulthood, Middle adulthood. It's very difficult to know this. You can't. The scary part of this is that when we start telling parents, if you didn't do it right, if we judge that you were sufficiently deficient in your parenting, that we can hold you accountable for what that kid does. That's frightening. That's absolutely frightening. got a letter yesterday, an email, essentially said, in, in, in so many words, I'm really glad that that woman got convicted for what her kid, kid did. She just 
She just did a whole bunch of things that entered into what he did. Well, here's a question. Do you think she could have predicted he was going to do that? Do you think if one day before she would have said, this is the evil my son is going to commit? think she could have done that? Can you predict what your kid's going to do? For better or for worse, your parenting was so pathetic that you should have known what your kid was going to do. Are you God? Only God can know with absolute certainty what someone's going to do. 877-573-7825 Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. The Heart of the Interior Life with Elizabeth Jingle. In the sixth rule of St. Ignatius of Loyola's 14 rules for the discernment of spirits, he instructs us to extend ourselves in some suitable way of doing penance to assist us in changing ourselves and our response to the experience of spiritual desolation. Father Timothy Gallagher writes, The penance is suitable when it counters the precise tendency to flight we feel in the spiritual desolation and permits us to act against the specific form of desolation we are undergoing. St. Ignatius is directing us to consider a suitable penance that will be an action that counters the very actions the desolation is pushing one towards. For example, If the lies of the enemy during spiritual desolation make a person feel far from God, a suitable way of doing penance could be an intentional turning to God in prayer and with trust. What suitable form of penance might you practice in spiritual desolation? For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. Light of the East, weekends on Ave Maria Radio. I am Father Thomas Loya. This week on Ave Maria, the season of Lent emphasizes almsgiving for which the Eastern Catholic Churches are a worthy focus as they are at the epicenter of much global strife. Now on Ave Maria Radio's newest FM stations, 105.5 FM in Southfield and 107.9 FM in Ann Arbor. Before I go to Alice, Alice, be patient. Psychologists are supposed to be able to predict. Matter of fact, they use psychologists in court to predict dangerous behavior from someone that is being adjudicated. And so they bring in the expert witness and they say, in your professional opinion, can you predict whether this person will do X or will act X. Can you give us a percentage? I, uh, I forget the reason I reviewed the literature on that. This was, this was back when I was probably first working at a mental health center. 
something came up. I, I think it was because I was going to testify in court or something, and I knew that question was going to come up. So I reviewed the extant literature at that time. Well, it's probably been a lot more since. And I was, well, I, let me put it to you this way. I took a quarter with me to the witness stand. Because that is the approximate accuracy of experts predicting dangerous behavior. Flipping a coin. 50-50. Now, I didn't flip the coin. I didn't do such a dramatic gesture in court. However, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior in similar circumstances. So we can rely upon that. If you had somebody that's three times assaulted somebody, then the chances are that he's going to assault somebody again at some point, especially if there's been no radical changes in his personality or his religion. Just some thoughts, but I do want to get to a young lady that I'm a little nervous about taking her because... Alice, are you there? Yes, I am. You know, I don't want to insult you. Uh-huh. Don't, don't, don't take this personally, Alice. However, when I played softball a lot, and if a guy popped up to the infield or he hit a little dribbling grounder, do you know what his teammates might yell? <laughs> I think I've heard story before. Hit the ball, Alice! <laughs> I know. Your dear name was used as a put-down for a weak hitter like me. Mm-hmm. I can't... Alice, I have probably been called Alice more times than you have in your life. <laughs> All righty, my dear. How long have you been married? 36 years. Oh, yo! And you're yeah. still struggling with, with some of the stuff your husband says? Uh, I grew up the where we were supposed to be considerate of the other person we're talking to, and I struggle with someone that just, you know, what I perceive as aggressive, that someone that sh- kind of shuts me down when they talk, I feel disrespected. You've been feeling that way for 36 years? <laughs> Oh, I didn't talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, now you're saying I'm starting to stand up for myself and it's getting ugly. <laughs> Do you so think... What advice to not yeah. be disrespected, to just decide that they're being them and it has nothing to do with me? Well, I'm going to give you a thought on this, but I'm a little nervous, Alice, about giving you this thought. And you know why? <laughs> because you just said something that was absolutely correct. And apparently, you don't listen to yourself. I know it when it's not happening, but in the moment, it's hard. Okay. Well, let's do this. Here's the key. And this is, this is a, a bit of a principle of how therapy works. You hope that the client would take what they have learned or been given as an insight from the office out to the situation. They call it generalization. That's critical. Mm-hmm. Now, you know when your husband is not saying these aggressive things that you can tell yourself, this is, this is his style. It's, a, it's, a, it's an unpleasant, ugly style. I wish he wouldn't do it. 
I think he shouldn't do it. Unfortunately, he does it. Right? You you could tell yourself that, correct? Right. Okay. So why do you think it's not sinking in? <laughs> it's such a deep um, conditioning. Oh, that's a good word. That, that's a matter of fact. You stole the word right from me, dear. You got good <laughs> insight. You're right. What you do is when when he says these things, you you your emotions kick in. And then your thoughts say, he shouldn't be doing this. I don't deserve this. This is not the way I talk to him. When is he going to stop this? Something along those lines kind of shoot through your head. Do they not? Yeah. What if, what if you replaced them? What if you replaced them? You say, this, this really is his problem. For whatever the reason, he, he gets this way. And it's no reflection upon me. Now, unless, unless you're being a jerk about it, too. I mean, you know, you unless you provoke it. But if you're not provoking it, okay, if you're not provoking it, and he's doing this, then you need to, again, I, I'm hesitant to say this, because, my dear, you've had 36 years of your own self-insight. You need to, you need to, what's that? Okay, I shouldn't say you need to. It would be helpful if. There you go. If, yeah, thank you. If you <laughs> if you recognized that you can't control what comes out of his mouth, right. all you have to worry about is if it's true or not, and mm-hmm. if it is nasty or unfair or put downish. After thirty six years, it should be losing its power because you should you should look at it as. Yeah, more of the same. Why am I yeah, surprised? There he is. Why am I surprised? What do yeah. I expect? Now, I I will tell you something that might help you a little more too. Mm-hmm. If you recognize, and again, I don't know your husband. I'm gonna I'm gonna offer this as a generalization. People who are critical tend to be insecure. Mm. For whatever the reason, they are motivated to keep someone in their place or to put them down in an argument because they think that makes them feel better than the other person. They feel strong that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the irony is, Alice... Hit the ball. The irony is, they're probably not strong. You're probably stronger. Mm-hmm. There's a difference, my dear. There's a there's a, one of the books I talk about in a couple of my books. One of them is Thinking Like Jesus. When I talked about when you know somebody acts a certain way, when you know they talk a certain way, over time they should bother you less and less because this is no longer a surprise. This is something that is losing its steam. It's kind of like that spot in your shoe that wears on your heel, though. You just tired. <laughs> hey, but, hey, you develop a callus, my dear. No, you get, you get winds up. You're finally so chewed up, you're ready to just throw those shoes away. Well, I wish, I wish after 36 years... 
you you could say to your husband, you know, when you get nasty with me, I'm just not going to give you any credibility. He says it's me. Well, of course that's what he's going to say. You know that, but that doesn't mean it's accurate. Yeah. If I'm going to, if I'm going to. He wishes what? He wishes it wouldn't hurt me. He says, I'm just talking, you're overreacting. Well, now you've got to ask yourself that question. You've got to say, am I doing that? If, if in fact, of some of what he says is not meant to be mean, it's not in a nasty tone, it is more or less he's telling you how he thinks about something or how he feels about something or what he would like in this marriage, then, then you say to yourself, is that fair? Is, is this something that I need to look at in myself. Now, if it's nasty, that's easy enough. You don't have to allow nastiness to make you feel bad. You really don't. People don't understand that. They think that because somebody's nasty, I have to feel bad. No, you don't. You don't have to give anybody that kind of power. Hey, I'll tell you what. If, <laughs> if I was worried about nastiness in some of these emails, I'd have quit this show a long time ago. Oh, no. Yeah, and I hate when Teresa Tomio and Al Cresta and Jimmy Aiken write me like that. Doggone it, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife, too. No. <laughs> Fortunately, um, I get I get much nicer emails than I get negative. But some of the negative ones can, can really be ugly. So mm-hmm. all I have to worry about is if it's true. And I think that's what you've got to do. Now, you, you've been married 36 years. Let's Let's see if you have peaked out in your ease with which you are hurt and start down the descent in getting less hurt by that stuff. By the way, I have I have a whole bunch of books on my website that could help you. So you go there and you look About them over. Yeah, 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 there's one on marriage. There's one on thinking like Jesus. There's one called Jesus the Master Psychologist. There's a whole bunch of them. One is called Living Calm. Conquering your frustration. They're all discounted. Um, Which one do you have? We worked a while ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, that, the marriage marriage book has been kind of revamped, but mm. um, because all the people that read it got divorces, so I figured I better change something in the marriage book. <laughs> so, if you want a discounted copy or a signed copy, that's where you go. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Alice. I just have one thing to say to you. Hmm. And if you played coed softball. I could legitimately say, hit the ball, Alice. <laughs> you have, right. you have, my dear, an infectious laugh. <laughs> Very good. Thank okay. you. I'll talk. I'll talk to you later. All, All right. right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Oh, we got a. I, you know, I don't have. See, I got twenty. I got about a minute and a half. Uh, Stephen and Bob. Uh, Stephen, I, I want to hear why you can do this. This this is, don't go away, because typically what happens on this program, when somebody has a very provocative and uh, curious statement or question, I'm thinking, all right, I've got I to gotta jump on that, and then, and then they drop. For whatever the reason, that's part of what happens with cell phones, is part of what happens when you listen to the radio and you have to get out and go into the drugstore or whatever you got to do. Or most often what happens on this program is when I say something and somebody says, I'm not listening to this guy anymore. 877-573-7825 certainly would enjoy hearing from you. 
I got one of those jobs I always dreamed of having. People ask me when I was a little kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? What kind of job do you want? I'd say, I want one of those jobs where people say, do you actually get paid for doing this? I know. People will come up to me after a talk and go, thank you for your talk. And I go, they paid me. And so I got no reward coming because I already got mammon. Uh, all right, I want to I want to hear what Stephen has to say here because he says he can predict a hundred percent what someone's going to do. Hi, Stephen. Hi. Uh, how you doing today? Okay, sir. All right. Yeah, Tell I can me. predict with a hundred percent. How do you do it? Well, for me, it's real simple. They like. I'm going to loan my car out to a buddy, you know, and he wants to go out to a party. And they got a lot of drinking going on, you know. Um, I pretty much know what's going to happen. Wait a minute. Stop right there, Stephen. Stop right there. Yeah. You said, I pretty much know. You didn't say I 100% know. All right. I do know 100%. Okay. What's he going to do? He's going to have an accident. Well, if you look at the but statistics, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, fortunately, uh, many people who drive drunk don't have accidents. So how That's could you true. predict that? So what you're saying is I can make a pretty good educated guess. Broadly speaking, in certain circumstances, what will happen? That's good. I mean, that that's how we live our lives, Right. You anticipate consequences right. of conduct. That's how you live your life. All I'm saying is to predict with certainty what will happen in a certain situation or how another person will behave in a certain situation is very hard to do. With certainty. That's the key. With certainty. You could say, I think I've lived with them long enough to know that if I do this, they're going to do this. And you could be right 78% of the time. Not a hundred. Well, that's why people get in trouble is because if he took his own car, then I wouldn't have any idea either way. But the 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 fact that I can predict with a hundred percent certainty is the fact that I'm taking responsibility for somebody else. And I don't but, know, what, and I'm going to have to pay the price. Well, you can predict 100 percent. You can predict 100 percent if something terrible happens that you could be responsible. Yeah, you can predict that 100 percent. But that see the if you see the if in there. Well, you, can, yeah, you, can, you um, can't. You can say I think, knowing my friend, that when he goes to that party, he's going to get drunk. You can say that because the last 12 parties he's been to, he got drunk. So you can say that. You can say, I can predict with 100%. Yeah. But maybe this particular party, there's a very sweet girl there. She engages him in conversation, and he likes her initially, and he, he doesn't want to drink because she's saying, why are you drinking so much? I don't like that. And so he stops. And you never anticipated that he was going to run into somebody there. Or you never anticipated that the host of the party said, you know what, you've had three, that's enough. I'm not letting anybody drunk drive from this party. You, you can't know that. 
Right. You can't so you can't know the, that if he gets in an idea. accident, if he gets in an accident and he kills somebody, would could you be held responsible because you lent him your car? Would would you like someone to say, well, Stephen, you know, you're an accessory to that uh, homicide because you you gave him your car. You should have known, Stephen, that this guy gets drunk at parties. You lent him your car. We're going to hold you accountable too. Would you yeah. want that? And that's personal personal responsibility tells me that I'm a hundred percent responsible for a hundred percent of the prediction. Ooh. Ooh. So, all right, well, saying. okay. Then what you're saying, I'm going to let you go. I don't want to carry this on too long. What you're saying is that I am responsible for whatever evil he does. That's what you're saying. Well, that's if I loan him my car. Otherwise, okay, I'm not. Then, well, okay. And there's this, it's kind of like that, if my neighbor that, comes over and says, "I got problems with the, I got problems with the neighbor's dog over here, and I, I, I need protection. You know, can you loan me your gun? Would you do that? No, because you could anticipate right. that the neighbor is going to use that gun to kill that dog. I don't suspect. But how in would this, you know? In this trial, because he's saying, "I want to get rid of that dog." But in the trial, right. I, I know for certain there's no way this mother, however pathetic people judged her to be, would say, well, you know, I better, I better watch because my son's going to kill somebody. Uh, that, that's Anyway, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for the and, provocative yeah, stuff there, have, Stephen. You know, i got to run, bud. i got to go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Talk to you. All right. So now i got somebody disagreeing with me. This is good. This is good. Abraham is okay. No, Abraham's from Oklahoma. He said, okay, here's what, Abraham, you make your case. Hello? Yes, sir, make your case. Yes, sir. My my opinion. Yes, sir. That this lady doesn't respect her a whole lot, so that's for, he does, he does what he does. He doesn't respect her. If he doesn't respect her, then he's going to get his way and, and do what he's going to do. Now, what she needs to do, in, in my opinion, my layman opinion, is that she's got, whenever he starts acting that way, that she's got to shut him down. But, hey, I don't want to, want to talk to me in a rational conversation. I'll listen to you. But if you're going to be a putz, I don't want to listen to it. Okay, here's the question. Yeah. Now, Alice, Alice seemed pretty reasonable to me. However, uh-huh. As a therapist for over 45 years, I am acutely aware that what pretty much anybody tells you, to some degree, a lot or a little, is colored by their perceptions. So what Alice told me, what you're saying is, automatically, no questions asked, every time this guy talks to her in a certain way and she gets offended, it is his fault. That's what you're saying. You don't know that. I don't know that. No, that's not what I said. Okay. I'm saying that he's acting the way he's acting at because he doesn't respect her. And if she okay. does, if, uh, you just said that Abraham, you said he's acting yeah. the way he's acting because he doesn't respect her. What if, in fact, there's a part of it that he says, "I'm not disrespecting her. I'm trying to give her feedback," and she takes offense. See, you and well, I don't if, know that. No, that's that's a that's a fact. That is a fact. But from her point of view, and what I heard is that. This is the way he gets. She knows this is the way he gets, and that she doesn't like it. 
So whenever she doesn't like it, then she needs to let him know. Well, I got a feeling, okay, I got a feeling she has. I got a feeling for 36 years of marriage, she has. What I was trying to get her to do is to not be so easily upset by the same stuff he's been doing for 36 years, if in fact all of it is aggressive or inappropriate. Abraham, good call. I appreciate it. Thank you. This is Dr. Ray. One of the great perplexities of doing therapy. Always recognizing that perception plays a part. Classic example of this is when one spouse comes in for marriage counseling and the other spouse doesn't want to come. So that spouse spends a session or two or three describing the situation at home. If the other spouse ultimately decides to come in, and to present how they see things going on in the marriage, to say that these two live in different households would be an understatement. They live on different planets. How they both see the exact same scenario. And one of the difficulties of therapy, and that that pretty much is in all social communication, is sorting through where objectively reality sits. And and we all have a tendency to hear what someone is saying to us, take it at face value. If they're telling you what an absolute wretch their mother is, then you tend to believe. You tend to think, oh, wow, she must be horrible and awful and terrible. But perhaps she's not quite as horrible and awful and terrible as that person is saying. Perhaps. And sorting through to where the actuality lies can be tough. Lisa Marie from Bradley Beach, New Jersey. Hi, Lisa Marie. Hello, Dr. Ray. You know, Um, are you on the coast? I have... Yes, I am a block from the beach, actually. Whoa. Whoa. Mm, beautiful. Can you, can you afford to live there? <laughs> Just about by the skin of my teeth, yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have noticed a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You've noticed a contradiction, and there are so many mm. now running our culture. You, you put it together for me. Well, it seems to me that everyone is jumping on the bandwagon of um, pointing the finger at these parents. And, you know, I I largely agree with them. Um, However, the contradiction I see, maybe it's on the peripheral end of this um, subject, is that if the school administration, if law enforcement, um, if the judges, child services, if they're going to claim that a parent is 100% responsible for the negative, hurtful actions of the child, then why aren't we 
100% responsible for what that child is being taught all day long. Like the, the, They don't want us involved in the curriculum. They don't want us involved in the child um, deciding whether or not he or she wants to be a male or a female. Um, and, of course, there's all kinds of outcomes to that stuff. So then why, when something terrible, horrible, tragic happens, are we 100% responsible? Do you think, Lisa Marie, there is a way to reconcile what seems to be a contradiction? Well, we hope there always is in Christ Jesus, but I'm interested in your point of view, yes. Well, I am glad you called, young lady. First of all, <laughs> if if in fact the schools are putting 100% responsibility on the parents, now, my dear, you scared me a little bit because you said I agree with that. If if that's the case, if, if the powers that be put 100% responsibility to the parents on the child's actions, we're all dead. We're all in major trouble. Mm. My kids have done things mm. that, that if I'm held liable for it, I'm, I'm dead. I'm in big trouble. Okay, but let's leave that me aside. Too. You, you think there's a contradiction here because on one hand, the schools, the powers that be say, you parents need to be responsible for these kids. But on the other hand, they're saying, no, you can't have any say in what we do because we're responsible. The mm-hmm. one element that pulls these two seemingly contradictory phenomena together is this. They see themselves as the experts. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they can say, Lisa Marie, we believe, as we judge this as experts in parenting and child rearing, that you're wrong. And furthermore, if you try to interfere into our domain, where we again are the experts, you're wrong. So, in fact, it all comes down to we know better than you do, Lisa Marie. Mm-hmm. That's where, that's yes. where, that's the, the, the common element. And when, the, when a tragedy occurs, they can decide where to shift the blame rather well, sure. than taking Be- on because they're some the of experts. the themselves. They're the experts. Mm-hmm. That's what and scared Dr. me Ray, when I did my math. Yes, honey, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. When I did my monologue yesterday, one of the points I made was, all right, if, if we judge that parenting was deficient enough, not abusive or neglectful. Remember, she was not judged. She might have been judged neglectful, okay, criminal negligence. But she was not. Children's services didn't come in and say, we're going to take your kid at any point as far mm-hmm. as I know. Okay, so if we say her parenting was so deficient as, as we judge it, Typically, and I've written many books on this, many of you Christian parents who listen to this program, by many experts, would be judged as harming your children. Mm-hmm. You would be. You, you are teaching them kinds of moralities that the culture says, no, that's hate stuff. You would be teaching them, for example, that they can't transition when the culture says, you have no right to do that. So in other words... The same people who are going to judge your parenting and its deficiencies are those who follow theories and ideas that you would not hold to. Right. I've had right. I've had parents. Just, uh, go ahead, honey. go ahead. 
I'm sorry. Isn't this, uh, you know, a typical slippery slope as well, Dr. Ray? Because oh, my mind then went fall. toward the the poor parent who has a child that commits suicide. I mean, is the state going to come in or the school and say you should have seen signs well, of sure that they happening? Could. And you're they could. They could. If they come in mm. and decide again, they can, like you say, a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich. If if someone comes in and says you your parenting was so pathetic for so long that this kid did this mm -hmm. and legally we're going to hold you accountable now that seems to be an extreme reaction i know there's probably people listening to me right now they're going oh come on ray that's not going to happen mm -hmm. but 20 years ago who would have thought that a nine-year-old can say i'm no longer a girl i'm a boy and many exactly would say okay well, we'll, we'll, well who would have thought that that's so that's so true. given that um I, I'm, I guess Lisa Marie, I'm a little more skeptical about what 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 we now call a slippery slope. I think it's almost a free fall. Who would have thought that yes. in Canada, for example, that people are being moved, nudged, pushed towards assisted suicide because, uh, well, they're depressed, or right. I don't want to deal with life anymore. Yeah, who would my have thought dear that? mother made the prediction that. Um, they, they, you know, quotations, they won't be satisfied until they destroy the nuclear family. And she said that in the 1980s. And I remember, you know, uh, figuratively rolling my eyes at my mother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and here you go. Well, it puts you this way. Under age 35 right now, more people are living together than are married. And more people have children out of wedlock than id wedlock. So, mm -hmm. under age 35... The nuclear family is now not the majority choice. Yes, a wise woman, Maria, she yes, was. she was. Mother of ten children. She was forced <laughs> to be wise, Lisa Marie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you did it. Thank you so much. You're, oh, you're Dr. welcome. Ray, God bless you. Enjoy that ocean over there. I'll talk to okay. you. This is Dr. Ray. Thank you for keeping me company. What will happen when Jesus Christ comes to judge the living and the dead? On the last day, the Catholic Catechism tells us everything will be laid bare, the deeds, thoughts, and works of all men and women. Then will culpable unbelief be condemned. Culpable unbelief discounts the offer of God's grace as nothing. Our attitude toward our neighbor will reveal our acceptance or rejection of God's grace and divine love. Our Lord will say, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Though Christ is given authority over all judgment, a right he acquired by way of the cross as Redeemer of the world, Jesus did not come to judge but to save and to give the life he has within himself. If we reject the grace we receive in this life, we already judge ourselves according to our works. We can even condemn ourselves for all eternity by rejecting the spirit of love. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. A friend called me one day concerned about rumors spreading around about her organization. She wanted advice on how to handle it. When you have truth on your side, the enemy will not prevail. I knew she had truth and the rumors were lies. I suggested she diffuse them immediately and directly to those who support their work. Scripture teaches us in Exodus, you shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. Well, what these people were doing was wicked and God is just. My friend didn't have to go on the defensive or fight back. 
I reminded her that when justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. That's in Proverbs. As Christians, we don't pay back evil with evil because Jesus taught us, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. My friend wanted the truth out, and that's exactly what she shared. And ultimately, that truth overpowered the lies. This has been a Christ Center communication message. I'm Vanessa Donhagarmo, a communications evangelist. Restaurant guarantee still in effect. Listen to any eight minutes of this program dealing with children or buying four pages of one of my books. And once a year at least, people will come up and say, you have absolutely delightful children. The World Over with Raymond Arroyo. I tease Raymond. I call him Ray the Lesser. Thursday night, 8 Eastern on EWTN TV and radio. Raymond hosts EWTN's weekly news magazine program from D.C., Washington, D.C. And he, he brings all kinds of great people from all over the place. He's even had me on there once, but then he cut me off after two sentences. No, he didn't. And you can get your news from the world over in your email inbox every week. Visit EWTN.com. Click on subscribe. Mike from Kansas City. Hi, Mike. Hello, Mike. Michael, are you? There you go. I got you now. Good. You still got me? I still got you. Now, it says you're cut off his older brother, not cut up his older brother, right? I'm going to assume cut off his older brother. Well, I think my Bluetooth is cutting in and out. I hope you still got me. I got you. There you go. You're much louder now. I got you. All right, good. Well, yeah, he... um, He's been a volcano for over 30 years, um, and uh, he's a second, uh, he's a first son, he's a second oldest of six, brought up Catholic, um, and he's just struggled uh, with anger his whole life, and woe is me, and um, he got involved with this thing called the Forum years ago, and tried to push it on all of us, and we tried to play nice and say, yeah, yeah, whatever, that's for you, it's not for us, good for you if it's making you better, but it doesn't. He still blows up very harshly, not all the time, but you can see it coming, and it's been eggshells for 30 years, and, you know, we had it out about a month ago. Uh, he just got divorced and um, been doing some bad things, and, uh, you know, he threatened to cut us all off and whatnot, and I'm like, you know, John, that's fine, but you got a problem, you're a narcissist, you've got a big ego, you feed it, and um, you're a control freak, and it's it's been hurtful. And I no longer can enable you by turning the other cheek, so i got to just tell you straight up, you need to get help. And he didn't like that, and that was about a month ago, and then here yesterday he says, okay, I'm ready to ask for forgiveness, I'm sorry. I said, uh, in 30 days you've been fixed? I don't think so. Um, this is typical. You always come back with your leg between, with your tail between your legs, and you want forgiveness, and you want us just to move on and forget the past. And I would love to do that, but I've never seen any change in your real behavior, and that's got to change. And he Mike, just how does his behavior? Mike, how does his behavior affect you? Does he yell at you? Does um, he scream? Does he punch you? He doesn't punch. He comes right up to it, though. Mm. Um, 
and he screams, he yells, he writes lengthy emails, very nasty, uh, and it, it affects the family. He divides and conquers. There's six of us who send separate emails to everybody and try to work it out individually, and um, it just always blows up, and it's unfortunate. Well, you got you look and you're saying, okay, I've dealt with this guy for 30 years. I think that's enough. I can I can cut off his ability to create havoc. Uh, the question becomes: Is there any kind of middle ground? No, I don't even say middle ground. Let's just say uh, bit and piece ground, where you can say, I'm not going to let this guy have influence in my life. I'm not going to shut him off completely. I'm not going to say, get lost, you're a jerk, I don't want anything to do with you, I've put up with you all this time, you're nuts. I suppose you could do that, but I think, it, I'm, I'm hearing in between the lines, you're a little reluctant to do that. So, if you got a plan, in other words, he starts yelling, you, you somehow extricate yourself from the situation, you delete any of his emails, uh, he's going he's gonna to create havoc with the other siblings, whether you shut him off or whether you don't, you know that. So, if he apologizes, you say, okay, all right, I accept your apology. But you don't have to have a warm, mushy-gushy relationship with him because he's too unpredictable. But at the, at the same time, if you're the if you're the more obvious Catholic in the family, or one of the more obvious Catholics in the family, and he knows that, and you're the one who says, get away from me, I want nothing to do with you, um, what message are you sending? So I guess what I'm saying here, Mike, is you probably can find a way to civilly tolerate this guy, minimizing the amount of damage he can do, uh, if that's possible, if it's other, if it's just hostility-type stuff, and uh, maybe keep your contacts fewer and farther between, as opposed to solely, get out of my life, I can't stand you, you're a jerk. This is Dr. Ray, i got to run. Speaking of jerks, that's me. Anyway, I, I'm not a jerk. I act like a jerk sometimes. Walk with God. Always. Always. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.